chapter 15, and it's the prodigal son. Familiar passage, no doubt you can all tell me exactly what it says uh, without too much reference. And maybe I won't bring anything particularly new tonight. But uh, as I was thinking about today, Father's Day, I thought we would spend some time looking at this, a passage from Luke of a loving father. When we think of a prodigal, we think of a reckless, wasteful individual. But this parable was told by the Lord Jesus, only brought to us by one of the Gospel writers, Luke, and uh, in those first two verses that uh, are of the passage in Luke chapter 15, what a contrast in those that came to the Lord Jesus. In the first verse we say, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him, the Lord Jesus. What a remarkable expression. The tax collectors and the sinners were gathering round to hear him. But not everyone was so pleased as these tax, as these uh, tax collectors and sinners because the next verse tells us but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered this man welcomes sinners and eats with them and I wonder what our motives are as we come into God's presence what are our motives do we come as the tax collectors and sinners knowing that nothing of ourselves is of goodness and nothing of ourselves will bring us into God's family. But those Pharisees and teachers, they knew the law, they knew everything that they could know, but they didn't understand who Jesus was and why he came into this world. Jesus then gives us three parables in chapter 15. Jesus was making several statements to those that were listening. These parables, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning about three lost items. There was the lost sheep, there was the lost coin and then the lost son. And in the prodigal or the lost son we have three main characters. There was the father, there was the eldest son and there was a younger son. And in verse 12 we read, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. The younger one came, asked him for what he thought he deserved. 
Deuteronomy tells us that he must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all that he has. And so the older son would have had a double share, two-thirds, and the younger son would get a third. An inheritance would normally be given when the father dies, when he's ready to pass on his inheritance to those of his children. And so, in other words, here the son was saying, I'm better off, father, if you were dead and you gave me all that you will at one day give me. But the father didn't spend time thinking about what he should do. In verse 13 we read, Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. He takes all that he has, He leaves nothing to come back to when he uh, thinks things through. Maybe it was the shadow of the elder brother that made him do this. Maybe he was tired of rules at home. Maybe he felt that there was a lack of freedom in his life. He wanted to be free. He wanted to do his own things in his own time. To make his own decisions with his money and his time. Doesn't it always look better somewhere else than where we are? And so a distant country appealed to him but that distant country wasn't to bring the success that he was to expect. We likewise can try to be distant from God. Sin will always take us further away from God. And so this man, he went away and squandered his wealth in wild living. In verse 30 we're told that the older brother thinks this was with prostitutes but we're not specifically told, maybe exaggerated because he had a bitter attitude with his younger brother. And so this younger brother he spends everything He thinks he's having a good time but there comes a point in his life where reality strikes back. There was a severe famine in the land and he began to be in need. Maybe he thought, I'm not in such a good place after all. Maybe this isn't what I should be doing. And so he hires himself out 
and was given the job of feeding the pigs. The ultimate indignity for a Jew. And the work was distasteful. The pigs were unclean animals. And we read about that in Leviticus 11.7. And the pig, though it has a split hoof, completely divided, does not chew the cud. It is unclean for you. He was so low in his life that he wanted even to eat the pig food. He was not given anything for his own well-being or for his own food. He was there to look after these pigs. The pods, the seeds of the caraba tree. And this young boy, he had hit rock bottom. But then in verse 17, we come to a change of attitude. He needed an awakening. And in verse 17 it said, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. Maybe he was homesick. He was not even comparing life with his older brother. He was now thinking about those hired hands that his father employed. They were having a better life uh, than he was. They were being looked after far more than he was being looked after. And he thought, maybe I would be better off going home. Maybe the grass isn't always greener on the other side. He needed to be honest with himself and honest with God. Maybe we are homesick for God. We think we can do without God. We can go our own way, do our own thing and we can get on successfully. But do we need to come home? How do we get back? This young man says, I have all that I desire. And surely we were all prodigal sons. We were sinners born with a selfish nature. Our good deeds were never enough. When we look at others around us, maybe we think we're doing well. But what and who should be our standard? <clears throat> Surely our standard should be the example of the Lord Jesus, not those around us. We may have run from God, but the further we run from God, the worse it surely gets. Sin will keep us from the Bible. 
that the Bible will keep us from sin. David in his life experienced many ups and downs and he could write in Psalm 139 Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So this prodigal son, he devises a plan. He needed to take some action if he was to change his life. And in verse 18 we read, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. He couldn't blame anybody other than himself for the situation he found himself in. He was not sure what reaction he would get when he got home. Would he be welcomed or would he be turned away? Those of us that are fathers will always love our children as do mothers. However, many times we mess up our lives. My own son has come to me on a number of occasions Dad, I've messed up again. He realised that it wasn't the first time, but he knows where to come when he wants help. He's honest with me. And surely we have a few fatherly words of advice and we see how we can help. But this young man, as he came, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. He was welcomed home. He had been missed by his father and his father wanted him home. In the earlier part of chapter 15 we read about the parable of the lost son. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And surely God enjoys our company. God enjoys that we are his sons and daughters. In 1 John 3, 1 we read, 
How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God for that is what we are. The Father passed the shame from the Son to himself. He embraces him and there was a full reconciliation. There was grace. He didn't need to work for it as a hired hand. He'd been prepared to come back as this hired hand, but the father accepted him just as he was. There was nothing for him to earn, nothing for him to achieve. The father welcomed him back and God seeks sinners before the sinner seeks God. God looks for us. God cares for us. God wants the best for us. And every saint has a past. But every sinner has a future. Yes, every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. And so this father asked the servants to bring the best robe of distinction. He was giving him his Sunday best. He replaced the rags with Christ's righteousness. What a great picture of salvation. He put a ring on his finger, giving him back his authority. Maybe it was the debit card of the day. He was now able to spend willingly. He was, had sandals put on his feet like a son. Comparison with the slaves who went barefoot. A fattened calf was brought and it was killed. It was kept for special occasions. Each was a sign of position and acceptance. Verse 24 For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. When we fail God, when we let God down, he's ready to forgive us. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. How we need to walk close with God the Father but unfortunately not everyone in this story is happy and the elder son appears and he's quite angry and felt betrayed. He'd remained faithful to his father and had not asked for anything special. 
But what does the Father say to him in verses 31 and 32? My son, the Father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he's found. How we can rejoice today that God loved me so much that he was willing to send his son to die at Calvary for our sins. Something that we did not deserve. Something that we could never gain for ourselves. And as we come to a time of communion, we can think a grain of the great love the Father gave in giving Jesus to die for the sin of the world. And we're going to sing a song. Perhaps we'll just remain seated and sing this through quietly and thoughtfully. How deep the Father's love for us. Thank you, James.